Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Cincy Brewcast. I'm the Gnarly Gnome, and you're listening to us live on location at Figleaf for uh, the big release of that one time in Newport, which we'll get to the whole story. <laughs> it's one of my uh, favorite moments of my beer vlogging life and one of my least favorite moments of my beer vlogging life. <laughs> Definitely my wife's least favorite. Um, but like I said, we'll get to the whole story. I don't think I've ever told the full thing on the, the show before. It's definitely been on the blog and um, I've definitely told a lot of people over a few pints in a, in a tap room or two. <laughs> I was uh, I was actually, um, before we, we dig into this, uh, Brian, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Um, and then we have kind of a special guest. Uh, um, you were... Just, I'm just crashing the party. <laughs> just crashing the party and <laughs> figured I'd give you a microphone. Tony from Dogberry, you know, um, representing uh, a chunk of Butler County's brewing scene. We should have made a couple phone calls and got somebody from all the Butler County places over here. But Yeah, random um, encounter. Uh, going back to the telling of the story, as we'll call it, um, the last time I told it, I was actually at Dogberry, sitting at the bar, and there was a guy... Um, yeah, well, I won't you know, go into the whole story there, but um, he was talking about how many breweries he had been to in one day. And he was sitting next to me, and uh, he was talking, oh, you know, I, I went to 16 breweries one day. So everybody's, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's really awesome. And I'm sitting there, my foot starts going. Uh, I think Sam was bartending, and she just kept looking at me, and she's like, you going to say something? <laughs> reminds, me, like, reminds me of that game I, show. Like, <laughs> can you name this song in 17 notes? I went to I name it in 38 of them in one day. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll get to that story. Let's um, start in first kind of explain what what everything is um that one time in newport is it's a bach beer because it is now i think officially as of today with the weather bach season um everybody i won't say everybody i I get asked a lot what your favorite beer is what your favorite brewery is what your favorite beer style is and the answer this time of year is almost 100 percent going to be bach beer i get crazy about it for a couple months and then then drift back into the the pilsners and things like that as my favorites but um it's such a fun style such a i don't know if it's a a regional thing how crazy we get about bach beer um is is it this crazy in other cities maybe german heavy towns you know cities that have a have a big german uh, influence i know st louis is big on it too it's well you got bach fest down in what uh main strauss Covington. yeah Yeah. um so bach beer traditional german style big multi sweet uh lager easy drinking but packs a nice punch mm-hmm. too if and this uh, one is delicious it's very well done it, it's Thank fantastic uh, what's abv on it so i know ahead of time before i, I don't remember i think it's five five <laughs> it's, I think, it's i think five seven is what it's, it's right, on board. It, it's, glad you're here tony because i had no idea it's 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 fantastic it's it's, it's a big sweet multi uh it, perfect for for what you want when you want to yeah. sit down. And, yeah, and c- drink c- a kudos beer. to Andy. He put it all together. I just uh, I just happened to be here today. So <laughs> me too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> look at that. Cheers. No, literally, I'm the one that just happened to be here today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so bef- I guess we should go ahead and dig into the story a little bit and explain the name, and then we'll talk about you know we'll we'll try the beer and, and dig into some other stuff. But um, the story. It started with this really stupid idea that can, it, more of is it possible for a person to go to every Cincinnati brewery in one day? And everybody said, no, it can't be done. There's too many. There's They're too far apart. Cincinnati's beer community is kind of this big spread out thing from, um, at the time, from Oxford to Aurora, Indiana, down to Florence to Mount Oreb. It was it's, it, pretty spread out. 
everybody said it wasn't possible, and I don't. Uh, we'll, we'll get to this more in the story. I'm a little argumentative. I, I'm a little stubborn about things. And somebody says I can't do something, I'm more likely to make sure I can do it um, just to <laughs> prove them wrong. But um, like I said, we'll get to that in the story. <laughs> so I mean, I don't the, think you could do 39. Um, right. <laughs> Um, well, that's that's actually a whole other side of things. I feel like I need to try it again someday, but I don't think my wife will let me. But um, so I spent a really long time mapping this route out to try to to try to plan out if the driving alone makes it possible. If you can drive to all the breweries and get there in one day from the time of them opening to the time of them closing, and I figured, you know, I, I can do this, you know. Granted, I need a couple drivers to make sure it happens because it's a really long day of driving. And uh, so I got, um, I think we have four drivers that day split up in different shifts. Um, mapped it out to, um, I can probably spend about 15 minutes at each stop, max at each stop, some less, um, and still have enough time to, to make the rounds. Serving size was another consideration. It's really easy to walk in and just grab an ounce of beer and down it and then walk out the door. I wanted to make sure I said I had a beer at each stop. So whatever your smallest serving size was, that's what I drank. So those places that only serve a half pint, you know, like Nine Giant, places like that, I I had a half pint. Um, Everywhere else, it was just, like I said, whatever the smallest serving size is. Um, It should have worked really well, and it did. It worked well most of the day. we got ahead of schedule in, in the evening and started spending a little more time and kind of relaxing a little bit. And then I started switching some stops around to, uh, um, to make it easier for people. I had somebody with me uh, doing video most of the day, and, uh, which is a whole other project that isn't, still isn't happening. <laughs> but, um, and yeah, he is from northern Kentucky, so he was parked over on that side of the river. We were originally going to end at Rheingeist because they're open late. Uh, I said, no, it's okay. We can flip stuff around and we can end at Hofbrau House instead because it's closer to where your car is. Mistake number one, <laughs> ending at Hofbrau House. So um, <laughs> the night goes okay. Uh, we end up our last stop at Hofbrau House. We walk in the door. I think it was like four minutes after last call, something like that, and the bartender said, nope, can't get you beer. I said, ah, really? Like, I just, you know, there's beer gardens full of people. I just need just a little... A little sample of a beer and on my way. Nope, can't do it. It's after last call. So I said, all right. So we kind of uh, kind of walked back out of the beer garden, started walking down the sidewalk. And anybody that's been to Hofbrau House knows the beer garden kind of sits along a sidewalk there. So as we're walking back down the sidewalk to get around the corner to where my driver was, uh, there was a couple sitting on the fence in the beer garden. They asked, you know, what's going on? What are you guys doing? And so I, you know, told the tale of, of what I've been doing that day. I've, you know, I've been out since 10 a.m. trying to get to every brewery, trying to get a drink at every brewery, and we made it except for this one. <laughs> we made it, and we didn't get a drink. And he said, well, if I just finish my beer down to here, you can finish the last bit of it, and you had a drink here. And I said, that's brilliant. <laughs> like, you, sir, it wasn't. you, sir, are brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Uh, Anybody who has been to Hofbrau House late at night also knows that there are police officers that are permanently stationed there because of some of the issues with overconsumption and things like that. And bouncers beat. We, we won't get into that. We won't. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
the the bartender heard and told the police officers that I was trying to drink on the sidewalk. So the police officers came over and said, sir, you know, you, you can't do that. That's illegal. And you, you can't drink on the sidewalk. I said, that's fine. I understand that. And said, we're just, you know, we won't do it. We're just going to sit here and talk to these people for a few minutes. The police officers didn't like that. So then they came out onto the sidewalk and said, we need you to leave. And I said, I already left. I'm on the sidewalk. There's two of us and we're, we're on the sidewalk. He's like, you're, you need to go now. And I said, well, I, the stubbornness kicks in. I said, you know, I, I know that you can't just make me leave the public sidewalk. I'm not impeding traffic. I'm not, not doing anything that's against the law right now. I get that I can't drink over the fence. We aren't drinking over the fence. We are just having a conversation. <laughs> um, he told me I needed to leave. Told me he's going to give me the count of three to leave. And uh, <laughs> my buddy said, the count of three till what? And so he said, three, two, one, grabbed me and put me in handcuffs and took me to jail. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> yes, I made it to every brewery in one day. I did not get a drink at every brewery, almost. <laughs> and end of the day in uh, jail in Newport, Kentucky with a what was it, four-month-old at home and my wife sitting there waiting for me to get home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The experience of being in jail and, and realizing, oh, crap, she doesn't even know that I'm here. I don't know how this all... Or, it's a shame uh, it had to go to counting. <laughs> I do yeah. that with my four-year-old. <laughs> Thanks, <a> Dad. <laughs> so so that's, that's the tale of what happens in Newport. Um, not with Bach beer, not with... <laughs> it was just... <laughs> And for the record, um, after sitting in jail for I don't know, six hours or something, I was finally charged with public intoxication, which is the other frustrating part. I was not actually drunk at that time. And I know you can't really argue at this point. I went to 38 breweries. But if you, you know, you know I've got a list of everything I drank and where I drank it. It was about 10 pints over 16 hours. Most of it in the afternoon. I cannot prove, but I can say confidently from looking back on it, I was not that drunk that I should have been arrested for public intoxication. So I got arrested for arguing with the police officer at the end of the day. Newport's finest. <laughs> and so the, here we are. The, uh, the chaos that ensued afterwards on social media was the, uh, the other interesting part with people uh, trashing Hofbrau House. Not me. I stayed out of all of that. Um, then Hofbrau House um, with a very, really terrible uh, social media response to me. Um, it was bad. Yeah. They uh, proceeded to tell everybody that I was kicked out of Hofbrau House and then arrested. It was, you know, which didn't happen. So, What was the date of that? June-ish. Of, <laughs> of last I, year? No, this was 2017. 17, yeah. okay. Oh. So, any thoughts of trying it again? There are lots of thoughts of trying it again. <laughs> it's, I, a, it's a bigger undertaking it's now. A, there are definitely more breweries. If if I was doing it again... It was at least two more. Um, it would be... I would have somebody probably going ahead of me to some places to have a beer waiting for me when I got there so that I just literally am walking in the door, gotcha. drinking it, heading back to the car going to the next stop to make sure I could get to them all. Well, but, the next time you should, you should do a video production. Um, there's video. There is, there is a lot of video <laughs> of the first one. Now, my, my wife is here. If you want to get permission, I'll do it with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might decrease the odds that my wife will let me do it. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was definitely an interesting day. It was fun, and um, I, I feel confident that I don't think that there are many people that could do it at this point. So... 
Well, and <clears throat> Tony and I were just talking about, you know, in this day and age, it's, yeah, learn from your mistakes for sure, but it's also being able to laugh at yourself a little bit. And Understanding that, you know, yeah. I think you've done a great you job You went of that. to 38 breweries in one day. <laughs> of course you ended up the day yeah. getting arrested. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, am, I embrace everything about it. My wife, not so much. <laughs> um, so that's, that's kind of why I think uh, the idea to go, you know, super traditional German style kind of kicked in. Um, Bach beer has a little bit of a reputation of people overindulging and uh, doing their, their drinking all day. Uh, well, you start a can design, right? Um, I am in love, 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 love with the can design. So um, for anybody that hasn't seen it, I think I've, I've probably tweeted out a couple times. Um, it is a, a goat on the front of the can uh, against a kind of a police lineup background. It's a gnarly goat. <laughs> the goat himself <laughs> is uh, kind of a mashup of the goat and the gnome logo. The colors <laughs> are the same. The hat becomes the, the a hat on the goat, and then his, his beard is the gnome's beard. It's, it's absolutely but brilliantly done. <laughs> please, please tell me you, you, you paid attention to the... Uh the height requirements on the mugshot. Um, they were actually like a little higher than what I... <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were trying to be a little generous. Like, like the media guide. Yeah, That's like, right. 6'5". <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I absolutely, absolutely love it. Um, and you'll definitely... Uh, you can just tell her. It's <laughs> just trying to communicate by hand signals. Sorry, we'll drink that one too. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, and I, I, I've seen some stuff popping up. It's uh, hitting a couple stores already, and um, <laughs> you'll know it when you see it. <laughs> I love it. It's going to be a centerpiece of my can collection, that's uh, for sure. <laughs> again, in the, in, the, in the spirit of, especially in this day and age with uh, so many of us open, again, I've, you know, Tony and I were talking about this before the show, you just, sometimes you just got to laugh at your, laugh at yourself sometimes. So that's where we're the, the intent of the design came from. So. It was... Uh, you know, it, it's it's very easy to think that, especially when isn't that great? <laughs> it's absolutely when great. You, uh, <laughs> you know, especially when you hear you know you know my description of what happened that day. It's easy to think that I'm trying to blame somebody else for what happened, and I'm not. I, there is definitely some blame that goes to other people, but I definitely should not have argued with a cop at 2 a.m. in the in Newport outside of Hofbrauhaus, House, and I, I recognize that. Lesson <laughs> learned, young man. My best part of it is uh, the text that we uh, we we work with the gnarly here to put together. Where you know whether you're in the tap rooms of Middletown or behind, we mean in the bars of Newport. <laughs> <laughs> Great little solo call out there. Uh, I I love it. It's uh it's beautiful. It it's fun. It, it the design to too, like it it works really great with the the branding on the cans that you guys have already been releasing. Yep. It works really great incorporating the the gnome side of things into. I it's I think it's amazing. It's <laughs> really well done. <laughs> so do you, do you have an in-house artist or do you guys pay? Uh, so a, a actually we have uh, we we have regulars here. Um, uh, Corey and Beth Cannell. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah, both of them. Yes, a lot absolutely. of people know those guys. And yeah. uh, you know, Beth and Corey were sitting here one day, and we were talking about how our, our older can designs that we did about two years ago they just kind of washed out in the hospital lights of a store. Yeah. And Beth's like, "I think I could do you one better." Yeah. No, she's she's sharp. She's yeah. brilliant. And yeah. I said, "You know what? Go ahead. Do yeah. do us one better. That's great." And here's some beer. And she said, "All right, let me try." It. And then it just things have stuck and uh that's really cool yeah they've been great and um they come in all the time and support us and the designs have been great so uh we're definitely sticking with her 
her awesome. motifs. Yeah, well, very good. <clears throat> there's been a lot of talk, especially this last week or two, about branding and, um, you know, not not to not to pull in any other places that are getting shit on right now about their yeah. their branding changes or lack of changes, but. Um, it's important to a brewery, not only, you know, maybe at one point when you start releasing packaging, most of it's coming out of the tap room. But as it's headed into stores, it's really hard, I think, for drinkers to realize that you're not just putting something in a can that somebody who was just at your brewery last week is going to drink. You're trying to brand this to stand out from other things around it, trying to immediately scream, this is Fig Leaf versus... You know, how many other breweries that are in package? I think there's like, we counted the other day, we were working on something, and we there's like 30 something breweries that have some form of packaging that's on shelves locally. Like, that's a lot of breweries that you're you're trying to not just differentiate, but, you know, well, when the, fit into that bigger shelf picture, too. When the number of local breweries grow to a greater number than the available draft handles at a location, right? Yeah. Then you're all trying to rotate in that same set right so natural tendency is well we're going to go to package because you know originally only so many can get in package right and but then you have mobile canning options and other things so everybody gets in package and i'm not gonna name the retailer but i um because it i mean no no it's, it's really no it's not has nothing to do with them it's it's really a sign in the market but i won't name them just for the sake of uh uh hope, you know naming them but well you want to make sure you can still sell stuff there <laughs> yeah i do i do actually that's good um, yeah to be honest right so but um i went into their beer aisle and, it, and it's and it's a bigger store it's not a, it's not a kroger or anything massive like right. that but it's one of those places where you know they have a craft beer aisle pretty pretty decent one but uh, you know i was shocked not shocked because i kind of know where things are but um there were brands sitting on top of brands mm-hmm. i mean there, there wasn't even there wasn't even order to the chaos. I mean, usually, you know, brands have their shelf space. They have their right. SKUs. You know, this is the space you're rotating in. I mean, there were there were cases of one brewery sitting on top of cases of another brewery on the floor. Yeah. Because right? they had run out of cooler space, and so they just started stacking on top of each other on the floor. Well, it's well, like if, if you have a six-pack on a shelf and everything that's on that shelf sells out on a Saturday there's a high likelihood that somebody's going to come by and restock the shelf and just slide something else right yep. in that spot and without thinking. In our, our experience, it's not always somebody from the store. It's somebody else's rep, especially with right. a lot of the self-distribution. We find that if we have sold out one of the brands, that somebody else will come in and just snag that shelf space. Right. Yep. You know, it's, yep. it's incredibly frustrating. Kind of on that, that same note, I, I have this very strong memory when Blank Slate was still kicking yep. uh, one of the stores not to call jungle gyms out but one of the stores that i go to on a regular basis it, had, that, that was the no not not had, either of us had <laughs> had, had every time i went in there I took a picture and tweeted it out and, and griped about it had blank slate stashed on the bottom of the shelf around the corner with the kentucky beers so i'm this as a consumer not even as like a as, as a beer geek you know and, and leave aside that blank slate was making some of the best beer in cincinnati as a as a consumer, if I walk into Jungle Gems and I say, "Wow, oh, I've heard about Blank Slate. I've heard somebody talk about it. I'm going to go get some." And there's this big local aisle, and I'm looking and looking. I'm like, "Oh, there's none. It must be sold out." And I'm I'm gone. And I'm leaving. And now I didn't buy that six pack that I walked into a store to buy. Yeah. And that's you know a whole other side of this whole crowding. And, you know, of the in that same sense, I'm I'm grateful for places like that that do separate that by region or by right. area. 
uh, because the, uh, maybe as long another, as you actually do it. Yeah, and and maybe another topic for a whole another show. But now with the big guys buying up craft breweries, he said in air quotes. Now, uh, it, it, it's it's difficult to even find shelf space when when AB and, and Miller Coors are are owning these right. craft brands and and they they have that power that that's much. So it's something that little guys like us just can't do. We we can't beat that. Right. You know. I was I was talking to um, one of the gas stations slash convenience stores, m- many in the region that have a big growler fill station mm-hmm. and, and craft following in their place, and they sell a tremendous amount of it. Uh, and this one was in Warren County, um, and I was talking to him, just you know, stopping in and say hey. And um, he said, "I want you to guess what my number one selling product is. It's the only one uh, that's growing." in my store and it's growing at 28% and everything else is flat to decline. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't guess it. It was Bud Light. It was growing, growing wow. in a store. That's now I crazy. said, you know, we know, we all know the macro trends, right? So I'm like, how's that? Why is that at least in Warren County? Well, there, uh, there was a huge push recently in the last maybe two or three months. I'll probably get my timelines wrong, but you know, uh, Anheuser-Busch decided they were going to sell, you know, a 24-pack case for like $9.99. Well, there's a lot of local breweries in our area that are putting these light loggers, and we, we've done it too. We've got our hook, our hook loggers, our light option, right? And there's, and, and they're good beers. And but and there's some other local breweries that recently have done 12 packs of their loggers, right. but they're $14.99 mm-hmm. or $13.99. So he said, what's happening is that people are just buying. If, if I'm going to buy a light lager, and they're both 5%, right? Tony has right. a 5% lager. I've got a 5% lager, yeah. and we're sitting on the shelf with a 14.99 12-pack, and right next door is a 24-pack 5% for, for 9.99. Right. Um, they just got that power. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, but, you know, the, the argument that I've heard a lot of, you know, smarter beer people than me argue, though, too, is that, do who you, is, who you, is that, by the way? <laughs> um, there's it's, just not, it's not a couple, me. A couple people on the internet. Um, <laughs> you know, the internet's always the smartest person in the room. Um, does craft beer want to go down that rabbit hole of trying to battle that? And I that's that's my we can't fear. Afford it. That's my fear with these these twelve packs. That uh-huh. it's clearly price is a big part of what they're doing. You know, be it a, a, a thirteen dollar twelve pack or a fifteen dollar twelve pack. Like, clearly, price is being. Right. Designed that way to kind of battle some of these bigger beers, and I, I have no I desire to battle on a volume play, but I do have a desire to be funny and like serve thirty-six twelve-ounce hooks in a five-gallon <laughs> bucket to go. I, I, yeah. <laughs> that's a hell of an idea. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come buy that. <laughs> I, w- I would buy that. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do a fig leaf dogberry mix pack in a five-gallon bucket. How much is a bucket gonna cost us? <laughs> that's I think, what we're I think they're four ninety-nine at Home Depot. <laughs> It's gonna be like an ammunition rack, <laughs> bunch of bullets in it. It's 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 strange to me to see, on on one hand, to see craft beer kind of pushing into that, and there 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 might be something good about that of craft beer finally saying, hey, you know, if if there are people that are going out there and shopping for beer based on price. We want to be part of that. Right. Then there's what it should taste like. But then there's also a whole other side of me that's like, no, like just let them, let them be. If that's if that's the world that they live in, try to convert them over as much as you can mm. when you get those chances. But 
a 12 pack sitting on a shelf might not be that place to do it. I, I don't know. I, uh, you know, economically from a small brewer standpoint, we're, we're a lot smaller than, than what, what they're doing here at Fig Leaf, but I, I would think we're, we're probably still playing in the same ballpark. It, that, that yep. kind of, that kind of scale of economy doesn't help us. Right. It really doesn't. Um, there, there's a certain amount of, of dollars that have to come back on every package that, that goes out, and if that's not happening, there's no point in us doing it. Where is the place that you can win those people over? I used to think it was a tap room. That's, that's where people need to have a great experience. They need to be able to talk to folks like Brian and myself or any, any of the the, you know, you hire certain, you know, the people to staff your, your taproom for a reason. They're more of an interface for for your brand than they are just for putting out, you know, the product across the bar. Right. Um, you know, hopefully we all have that opportunity to, to win those people over because we certainly don't have the ability to market uh, with the big guys. There's there's no commercials. There's no you know, displays or tap takeover. See, these things that... Uh, the the normal person, be, the the normal beer consumer doesn't understand how expensive that is for a brewery. To, but to get volume out there is tough. You've also you've also got quote unquote big beer screaming at their current consumers that all craft beer is is fussy beer drinkers sitting around at a bar sniffing things and sure. discussing the latest hop variety and which is not what it's about. But I you know that's what they're pounding down people's throats and teaching them about craft beer and so it's right. i think it's keeping some people away from tap rooms that might really enjoy it <laughs> and so i just i don't know where that how you how you well and, convert and, those people and also um you know bart watson he's the um the big economist for the brewers association mm-hmm. um you know he's he's released presentations that the there's no there's no there's not a lot of new craft beer drinkers entering the pie so the more of us that open, we're, sli- we're all slicing the same pie. Hmm. And I, I look at the taproom that way, right? So, um, you know, if, if I was alone in Butler, Warren County, I have a pie, right? Then, then Dogberry's down the street from me. We both share the pie, right? right? Then Nine Giant and Saunder and Fretboard and all these guys open. And, and, and great for them. I'm not talking about that negatively. But the more that we have the, this local, hyper-local bar phenomenon, not bar, but a hyper-local it's my corner place. Mm-hmm. It's my cheers. You know, hey, Norm, right? You yeah, get, yeah, yeah. The more, the more places we have for Norms to go, the more they're going to stay at their cheers. Yeah. And the less they're going to deviate from that. So the more corner breweries that open, the more minuscule the pie gets chopped, which is good for the local right. cheers bar. It's good for them. But it also means that you've got a fragmentation happening. So... The more that open, there's only there's a maximum amount of people, um, unless I want to be gimmicky or I come up with a crazy idea or I'm pulling them in on a special deal or a discount or there's something that's just different than the local or, bar uh, or some kind of hyped beer that gets people well, to come. Exactly, and, and exactly. that's and that's that's really sharp, Brian, because I think you know you start a company with an ideal in mind. Um, not only are we brewers, but we're businessmen, and we we are also people who have uh, pride. And and I don't know Brian as well as you know I, I may know my brother, but I, I know we have we're, we're you, you have a conviction, you have pride, and you have re- self respect, and we are not going to cheapen our brand just to get more people, or or cheapen our product to get more people to have it. And that, that's a that's a difficult 
uh, thing to fight with when, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that any of these other local breweries are doing that. Not right, at all. Right. So, you know, and, and another thing I think what, what you said, Brian, uh, I think Bart, um, refers to it as we're, we're making more breweries. We're not making more drinkers, more, right. more craft drinkers. Right. Yeah. So, well, and there's alternative well, beverage categories that are sure. all the vogue now, which is not yeah. beer. And right. hopefully, we'll hopefully, we'll talk about that here in just a second. With uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I had I had a distributor tell me uh, uh, it's like the the Bush days, no new taxes. Yeah, right now now what I'm hearing off the lips of distributors is no new malted products. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, and and something that Bart talks about quite a bit, and hopefully we get a chance to experience here soon is recreational legal marijuana. That's also something that we are going to have to compete with, you know, at at some point. Do you think it's a, a con- and that's that's probably a whole show within itself. Too. Sure, sure. You know, yeah. And I don't know that there's enough statistics out there yet to to make a decision one way or another. But uh, is a, it is it a competition to beer? Is it the same? There's a there's a couple of states where, and I think uh, Watson has has written some stuff that says, in fact, weed is now cheaper. So guys that are craft beer guys and weed smokers, that the legal side of that decreases the price of what they were paying for for the good right. stuff and they have just as much if not more money to enjoy the craft beer i would be lying if if the team didn't talk about renaming isotrope to isodope <laughs> <laughs> trademark 20, 2019 hey you said it it's there it's, it's, it's recorded it's, <laughs> <laughs> Oh Lord! <laughs> hey, we're supposed, so, to, yeah, we're maybe, supposed to be talking about Bach beer. You got to be special. <laughs> right. maybe, maybe you know, there's an idea for for you down the road. Let's get together and we can we can bring some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> My wife would love that. <laughs> you're you're doing what? <laughs> Just tell her I I so don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, honey. <laughs> Lord. All right. So let's, since you kind of mentioned the uh, alternatives kind of category of beer, and I feel like it's definitely locally starting to explode a little bit, and I guess nationally too. I still, I personally still cannot figure out who all of these people that are drinking these hard seltzers and things are. I don't know anybody that goes out and that's what they drink. I'm told I yet, should be friends with all of them. Yet the numbers I'm, I'm are, the numbers I, are I crazy. <laughs> Um, and we've seen a lot of places locally kind of roll out with that. You guys yep. have come a little bit different route for your... I don't know that this is an answer to the hard seltzer people. I don't know that it's an answer to the the, the people that don't want to... What is this an answer to? This is yeah. your Blackberry Fizz. Blackberry Fizz. Yeah, I think... Um, I, you know, first and foremost, it's it's trying to find a way to have fun where you're not just seen as a a me too right you know a lot of people think oh well we're just trying to find a special category that nobody's in yeah sure competitively in business as business people we do that but it's also like you know we've been doing wine for a while here right it's it's had a good following um i know we generate a lot of a lot of upset people when we run out so i you know i know it goes okay so you know we felt like there's there's a market here where uh, people want something sweeter. They want something that's more juice-based. Uh, it doesn't always have to be a malted beverage, right? And the whole no new taxes comment I made, you know, we're hearing that. So we're like, well, let's let's play around. Uh, and we've got connected with some other people in the market that um, uh, other businessmen and, and, and businesswomen that, you know, we talk to and we, we get together and we chat over beer like this and have some laughs and stuff. And so 
you know, this is a culmination of playing around, um, but also seeing if we're finding a category, right? I mean, you know, like Urban Artifact trying to invent the, you know, Midwest fruit tart. Right. Right? That's the play they do, and they mm-hmm. put it in all their cans, and, you know, who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe we'll be the pioneers of a, of a fizz, locally the crafted fizz. fizz market, right? Yeah. Wine fizz huh? market. I can, um, I can tell you I've tasted it. It's delicious. Thank huh? you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, and we're playing. You know what? And if, and if nobody likes it, okay, then we'll so, move on. I'm going to get a little bit of shit for saying this out loud, but I'm I'm a fan of the wine spritzers in yeah. the summertime. Yeah. If I'm going to be drinking wine, it might go over ice and get a splash of Sprite or something else on it, and that's kind of that's kind of the way I roll. And that's what this reminds me of. Is kind of it's, yeah. it's a wine spritzer. It's sweet. It's fizzy. It's fruity. It's and there's two there's two pieces of this. One one is that I'm going to edit why, that out. Why was <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was I was biting my tongue the whole time. Hurry, Tony, put it on Facebook before you edit it up. Um, no, I mean there's there's two pieces of it. The first piece is is that we hear I, I see a lot of people that they don't necessarily want to go hit 38 breweries and end up in jail. Right? We've talked about that. Um, Lame. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of them actually are wanting to have a drink at home. Or they wanted to have it in their backyard, or on the lawnmower, or mm-hmm. you know, I, I see this huge insourcing of homestaying. Maybe it's just me. I, I have right. no research to back this up. I'm not. I'm not even read an internet article on it. I just, from my friends and family, see this huge like, I'm going to stay home with the kids, yeah. sit by a fire in the winter, or sit out on my hammock in the summer, and I want something that's not glass. Right. I can't take glass to a pool. Right. I can't take it on a canoe. Can't right. take it to most parks or beach Events or, or wherever. concerts yeah, yeah. or whatever. And so there's this experience, experiential, like I want to go experience something, movement at least that I see in my networks, and they want to take this with them as the experience. They want to have a beer or a fizz or, or something at the yeah. concert or at the right. wing festival or whatever. And so wine has typically been one of those categories that, and it's starting to get this way. We're not, we didn't invent this. It's already there, but... They're starting to get in cans. Cans are, you know, no longer a sign of discount right. wine marks, right? right? Yeah. No. Um, and there are people that will drink a great Cabernet out of a can. Well, we're, you know, we're not a vineyard. Sure. We're not a vinter. It's not like I've got grapes in Mount Figleaf back here, which is our dirt pile <laughs> from the building. We call it Mount Figleaf because he can't seem to get that pile removed. But for can you years. sled down that hill? Absolutely. Okay. You can't, you can't grow good grapes on it, though. Okay. Uh, or nor hops. Um, <laughs> But, you know, we're not going to have a vineyard in the back. So, you know, what's, what's, a, what's a sort of premium beer discounted wine hybrid right. that people can have fun with? And, you know, the whole wine cooler, spritzer, sangria mm-hmm. type idea was, you know, kind of born out of that. So I know that's a long, drawn-out story. But Well, and, you know, you, you talk a lot about taking it other places but i think you know you we, we talked about the tap room being that place to win people over i know there's been plenty of times me and my wife love to go to tap rooms some of our friends don't like to go to tap room they don't really drink beer you know the, the wine is one answer to yep, it but yep. sometimes you don't want to have a glass of wine sometimes you want something that's a little more fizzy and refreshing and something that kind of fits in the again i don't know that i'm ever grabbing one over a beer but Right. If I'm in a tap room, I'm probably grabbing a beer. But the hard seltzers, the the fizzes, that kind of thing, yep. maybe fills some kind of category to oh, get people I, I into a tap a, room. I think it's a it's a great gap filler. 
because and and I won't put words in Brian's mouth, but you know I'm I'm afraid as a as a taproom owner, not afraid is not the right word. I'm just not interested in getting into the liquor side of things. Right. And, and and what what he has right here is is that gap between a glass of wine and a cocktail. And, and it, it's that I think I think that's a, that's a nice fill spot without actually having to provide hard liquor or or deal with that. Well, and the other thing we've done with this as we were playing with it is it, it is a great base for a cocktail mixer. Right. So. Uh, not not that we're trying to go toe to toe. Not that we're trying to go toe to toe with, uh, you know, like was it Sim- Simple Time or whatever those big mixer companies are. Right. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if you'd like to drink it by itself with a little fizz on it on ice, great. If you want to go home and you just happen to find out that if you mix it with vodkas or tequilas, yeah, it's, <laughs> it tastes great. I I I'm not a huge flavored <laughs> vodka guy, but. If you get some of that like citrus vodka, like a lemon vodka or something, and put yeah. that in there, I think it would be really good. Yeah, we yeah. had a, I had a, uh, there's there's an accountant in Springboro that they're good friends with us because you know Andy, our head brewer, he he lives up there, so he's got a lot of um, his own cheers right. places up there. <laughs> uh, and I was talking to him, and uh, and she said that they used to do a mixture of Sweet Baby Jesus with Angry Orchard, Ooh. and they called it Angry Jesus. Huh. <laughs> and. Uh, Trying not to be offensive. <laughs> <laughs> trying. Trying. But uh, she she tasted this and said, you know, she would mix this with a peanut butter porter and call it peanut butter and jelly. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she said her number one seller in her bar uh, is a, um, they do like a pineapple cider mixed with, uh, I think it's tequila. I could see that. They call it like a pineapple <laughs> sunrise or something. So um, these, I, I, I don't know. I think I think everyone, it's like Fruit Loops, right? Everyone's trying to taste the rainbow. I don't right. know. That's Skittles. I got, I got that well, completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like Skittles. Either, either right. <laughs> it's like Fruit Loops. We're trying to taste the rainbow. This mix of that shit ain't working. It's like Cheerios. Cheerios are just for kids. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I think a lot of that's going on, I think. I think people are just trying to, everybody wants something new all the time. And of course, brewers can only do something new so fast, right? Uh, That, okay, we're just going to do beer cocktails. We're going to be sweet as chef it, you know? So, you know, Dogberry, I know, is a little more, um, not necessarily traditional on the things you do. Stubborn. (laughs) Stubborn is a good way (laughs) to put it. Is what are what are your thoughts kind of on this alternative category? Um, I I think it needs it, it needs to be embraced. It is something that we are uh, attempting to address without addressing it on the manufacturing side. So cut to the chase. We're looking at an A one A, but know, not so. not to have a full bar to just bring in some other right, things. I have some blackberry it. fizz for you, Tony. <laughs> there you go. Be happy to buy it. <laughs> So yeah, uh, along those lines, make, because the the taproom traffic is, you know, Brian alluded to earlier. We were talking before the show that you know just just about how things have changed. And it, the the taproom traffic is is important to us. Uh, so what we've noticed, and and if people don't take offense to it, it's it, our job is to get you in here, and then keep you here. So if mom isn't a beer drinker but dad is dad can have a beer if there's not an option for mom or 
whoever he's with that's not a beer drinker, that guy is not as likely to stick around as long. So my, my thought process is how do I increase that that ticket price and this is the dirty side behind you guys this right. is real this is business um how do i get that guy to buy one more beer i don't want anybody hanging out getting drunk all night but if his companion is happy his non-beer drinking companion can be happy maybe i can gain one more beer out of out of that guy and that's you know if you extrapolate that over your entire tap room over a night and then over a year it's a difference maker. Or also, if you've got, you know, your couple sitting at the bar and one person is that beer drinker, and even if they're having one more, to have the person that's with them to also have one more of something rather yeah. than just, you know, the person sitting there tapping their foot. Well, Are you done yet? Are you every, done yet? Are you everybody done yet? walking out happy. Everybody. Right. Not, I don't want anybody to feel like they, they sacrificed when they, when they leave my place. Right. I mean, that makes perfect sense. And. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I the idea to have wine from not from day one, but almost from day one. It was it was pretty soon after that that you guys kicked into the wine thing here, and um, it it's a it's a very you know, especially when you are located where you guys are, people are definitely coming here to come here. It's not like well, they're that's, that's, that's somewhere next door and say, oh yeah, there, there's a there's a brewery. Let's go. So you look at you look at Butler Warren County, right? Which you know, we, we primarily represent Butler, but I'm I'm putting them both together. You know, we're not we're not downtown Hamilton County, right? You know, we're not downtown Montgomery County, right? You know, I don't have uh, I don't have a corporate Skyrise neighbor that's going to walk by with 40, 50 people right. uh, at happy hour. So they got to want to come to Fig Leaf for Dogberry. They got there's got to be a reason that we get them here. Um, we, you know, I, and I talked to Tony about this before the show. We we located here. Number one, when you get any size to you, you got to be able to afford the real estate. That's number one. But but number two is Butler and Warren counties are slated and seen as some of the number one counties in Ohio for tourism dollars, for growth, for the Dayton Cincinnati metropolis that Metroplex is that Metroplex. What they call it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? We we might be like Thirsty Dog in Centerville, right? We might just be before our time. Right. But you know, just gotta um, hang in there. Just gotta hang in there until yeah. you know the, the the roads connect. But a lot of great people in the area, and we have a lot of great locals, you know, regardless of our location being a little offbeat. Uh, I think it's, t- to Tony's point, they got to be happy, and you got to have something, you got to have a little something for everybody. So, you know, Dogberry kind of got a little bit of a shot to change things up and do things a little different with Dogberry the second. Mm-hmm. Um, but still to both of you guys, the question of if you were doing things starting today and starting somewhere... What would you do differently versus what you guys did the first time around? Well, I know, I know. I, I, and and Mr. Gnome here knows, and Brian and I aren't aren't as close as, as you as you and I. But I, I don't hide things, or I don't I don't sugarcoat stuff. What my advice to people who tell me they want to start a brewery in this area right now is don't, <laughs> don't. do it. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it right now. I'm, I'm guessing what Tony would say is. <laughs> I wish I went as large as large as Fig Leaf initially, <laughs> and what Brian would say is, I wish I would have went as small as Dogberry initially. I think maybe the difference is we're, we're right in a wheelhouse. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The middle is always the truth. But even even from like 
the food side, I know that both of you guys have, over the last year or two, tried to find a way to offer people play, a way to eat in the tap room versus sure. starting out. Right. You didn't want to do the food because it's a whole other headache within itself. But y- here we to. are, and, and now you, you have to find a way to do it. Yeah, it right. goes back to what Tony said about you, you. I mean, there's a business side of it which says if you don't have food, they're leaving after a pint. Number one, it's a safety issue. I mean... We're not attracting the type of personnel in our breweries that are trying to get a bender on a Thursday night. Right. I mean, they want a pint or two after work because they enjoy beer and they're going home to their families. The last thing they want is, you know, at least in in my lingo, two 15% slate tippers and can't drive home on Thursday night, right? So food, number one, is a a butts and seat, but it's also a safety thing. Um, You just can't get the consistency and reliability in food unless you do it yourself. Um, you know, I, I love food trucks. We have a lot of great food truck partners, but you know, the, the longer I live, the more you know. It's just they're not natural. They're like penguins. You know, kitchens aren't meant to be on trucks. Right. You know, and they I, break down. And I agree. Yeah. So. Well, um, and, you know, there's there's good and bad experiences with food trucks, and I think there are reasons that some of these folks don't work long term in a in a restaurant atmosphere i think there, there's just something about eh, it doesn't work for me tonight i'm going to stay home and that's it, it reflects very poorly on us even though it has nothing to do with with what we do that's the problem it, yeah. it's a it's a brand impact to us but and and i know i've got a cousin up in youngstown where i'm from who started a food truck uh, up there it's also a highly slim margin business Right. You know, food food sure. isn't. I mean, at least beer has a little bit. I mean, beer is getting slimmer and slimmer every day, but at least it's still got that market price is still where it is. You know, food is a worse dog fight in my mind. I mean, there's a reason banks don't loan you any money if uh, you have food in your plan. I tell anybody that asks, what what about food? And we have this partnership with Sammy's now doing doing the burgers. And, and, taco and Taco Tuesdays, taco, my God, the tacos. pork belly tacos. No, pork belly tacos. On Tuesday pork or belly Wednesday. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's definitely Tuesday. Well, now, yeah, okay. now we're doing we're doing tacos on pretty much a regular basis. Uh-huh. However, you know, I, when people ask me, well, when are you going to start your own kitchen? Never. I, I don't want to <laughs> own the food side of it. Right. Uh, I, I'm happy to business. happy to sublease some of that out. But yeah, what, what Brian's saying there, the margin on food is blah. If you write it into your business plan, is almost a loss leader to increase the, the the beer side of things okay if that if that works but at the scale that we're at it's it's not something that i can do well, so a, a partnership with with some consistency is really what what we're looking for and, and i know you guys have done the pizza in-house yep. and, and i hope that's that's doing well yep, but absolutely and you can control that consistency that's and right. that's that's you know that's what you have to do it, because whether you like it or not, if it's a completely separate entity, they, they look at it like if they have a bad experience with the food, they associate it with dogberry. And Absolutely. It's, it's terrible. Or, you know, we're also not trying to do, you know, seven layer salads and filet mignon either. Right, right. You know, I, there was a, 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 a friend of the beer industry and a friend of mine locally that had, had made a comment on social media once, uh, not sitting at this table, that, oh, my God, another another brewery doing, doing pizza. pizza. Yeah, right. Well, you know. <laughs> There, there's Who a doesn't like it. beer and pizza? There's a reason for that. <laughs> there right? is a reason, yeah. Uh, you know, I I guarantee I make a better pizza than I do a filet mignon at, at this place. So. But like when I'm when I'm going out to a tap room to grab a beer, do I really want a filet mignon to no. go along with no. it? No. I I might want a good beer when I go out for a filet mignon. Right. 
but I also want a very different atmosphere than sitting down in the tap well, room. I, when I'm in a tap room, I want pizza. I want wings. I want right. a burger. Yeah. I want tacos. Like those see, are the food, things I want. Food opens up another whole branding perception issue, right? If you've got mozzarella sticks and potato skins, you're thought of one way. If you've got, right. you know, pork belly tacos yeah. with, you know, whatever you thought. Right. Another way, if you've got, you know, yellowfin eye tuna that was caught this morning. Right. And then freshly, you know, so there, I mean, there's, I, I always told people, they're like, how's the beer industry? I'm like, it's just, just like the foodie industry, right? You have cooking channel and Alton Brown and the food network and, you know, same thing. And, um, they're very parallel in nature and you have to be careful when you pair beer and food in your brewery because, you know, you gotta, you gotta make sure it fits what you put in the glass. And to let, let the beer still be able to come first got to shine and, and, yep. and, and let there also be food there you know it's right. you know when you, when you hear fig leaf you don't think about pizza but no. when you're no. at fig leaf you see that there's pizza <laughs> like that's right. and I, that's I think that's important sure. too. I think as long as people know that they can they can get something to eat you just don't want the food to be why they're coming to your brewery <laughs> otherwise you've kind of screwed the pooch <laughs> well, yeah, you're kind uh, of in trouble well and it's 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 interesting that the places you know locally that have found a way to make that get that happen which there are you know Taft's has done a really good job on both of their spots to sure. figure out a way to let both of those things kind of and stand again, up there you're, and you're talking about apples and oranges. Right. You, you look at companies like, like ours compared to those guys. Uh, the, the money behind that is is something that we're, we're just not playing in. Right. Whether it's because we, we can't or we don't want to, that's irrelevant. Their, their ability to, to market that, that side, that, that food side, is, is a choice they've made. And it works well for them. And, and I don't begrudge anybody for that. But it's it's just not something that I think I'm willing to do, and I, it sounds like Brian's in the same boat. Yeah, I mean the last thing we want is, hey, what do you guys think of fig leaf? Oh, you know, the pizza oh. sucked. Well, or, no, you don't even, want that, though, even like, worse. That's <laughs> try, try the pizza. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> well, hold on. Hold on. We, we missed we missed the important part there. Exactly. Wait, they have beer? Oh, what? it's a pizza joint. They've got taps. Yeah, did you see our thousand foot walking cooler? (laughs) That's not for pizza crust. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. Where do you guys think this whole thing goes in the coming years as far as the the beer community, the the craft beer industry, whatever side of it you want to comment on? I mean, it's. I I think. I, I don't think it would be shocking if somebody had come to you five years ago and said this is what it's going to look like in Cincinnati in five years. I think everybody kind of saw this whole thing coming. You know, there are going to be a lot more breweries and a lot more crowded. And um, But where does it go from here? Well, I'll start and say we, we talked about this on the last podcast we did. I can't remember how long ago it was, but I called out. It was one warm of, outside. I it was warm that. outside. I <laughs> but I, I called out some of our regulars that are just consistent supporters right hell or high water they're supporting and i think i think that's primarily where craft beer is going to go is that you you're going to have your base your i call it hyper local uh you're going to have your hyper local network but i think to have explosive growth like we've seen in some local breweries back starting 2012 let's say i think the days of explosive growth are gone Oh, absolutely. Uh, unless someone invents, I mean, you know, like, like the fizz, and I'm not saying that's it, but unless someone invents or comes up with something that just catches on locally as a fad, 
I think the days of explosive growth are gone. I think it's more about uh, growing and sustaining a base of hyper-local dead ringer supporters. And you know what? Ten years from now, it's, it's the long game. Right? You talk about golf. Is it the short game or the long game? Well, many breweries got in business because they had a short game in mind because the, the market was exploding. Now I think it's a long game play. Right? We're talking long game. We're talking. I we're talking. We'll, we'll have that. a cult following. You know, Dog Bear or us might have a, if, if we're still around. Yeah. Might have a <laughs> might have a cult following ten years from now. We're like, oh man, you should have seen these guys back in the yeah, the aught twelves or whatever they're gonna call it. So I was listening to an interview the other day with uh, Sam Calgione um, oh, talking yeah, about Sam. growth. Yeah, uh, I think it was with Brewbound or one of those bigger podcasts than me, but. Um, he said, I'd say at this moment, if you're big, you better be ready to go big during this competitive moment. And if you're small, you better be ready to stay small in this competitive moment. Well, I think that's right. And, and we, we talked a little bit, you know, where maybe we would split the difference on our size. Uh, to be to be completely <laughs> honest, on it, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I think patience is is the word. Um, we, we get some shit for for not being bigger or why aren't you know, why aren't you cooler? Why aren't you bigger? Why you know, <laughs> We don't want to be. We don't need to be. I think in what Brian's talking about in the long game, I think we're positioned pretty well to be successful in the long term. Yeah. Um, and, again, do you worry about any of these guys locally that have had this big growth, be it Tafts or Mad Tree? Do or I worry about them and their success? Not, no, not because I have my own business. And, and do I worry about them hurting us? I don't think so. I, you know, I, I've never, I've never felt that crunch. But, but do I worry about the state of the market? Yes, every day. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, because we're all stewards of it, and, and and we have we have, in my opinion, too many people uh, with, with with differing motivations stewarding the, this industry. Do you see a lot of different motivations locally? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think because so. I, I think that's that's something that we don't talk about as much as we probably should and point out that there are definitely people in this business in Cincinnati that have very different motivations than I think you're... Well, you've got indigenous species and you've got invasive species. You can start there. (laughs) Right? Are we we, we saying about anybody (laughs) specific that uh, opened a tap on this video? You're a shit star. Going back to talking about shelf space, one of of my other biggest pet peeves with shelf space is when you walk in and there's this, this huge aisle that's dedicated to local breweries and then you have this huge chunk of one of those shelves that's dedicated to BrewDog. Not that I don't love BrewDog, and I don't think that they're doing great things, and their beers, it's great. You go up there, and the tap room's awesome, the hotel, it's cool. But do they belong on a local shelf? Well, they're not indigenous, uh, right? They're not indigenous yeah. right. species. <laughs> you need I mean, to write a blog on that I, metaphor. I, I should. Yeah, it, it would be disingenuous for either of us to sit here and say that there aren't all, you know, uh, different motivations in, in this local industry. There, there are some folks that are doing very well at their purpose of getting big, making as much money as they possibly can. There, are, there are folks that are uh, practicing their craft and their art and enjoying it and trying to survive. There are people doing you know something in between, but I, I think there are some that are are looking to get to get bigger or have a bigger chunk of that market or I don't know what the right word is again I'm not, I'm not the most politically correct guy but you know the self-importance of, of some of these uh, folks is is frightening oh we 
we uh, we joke about it. We we use the term pinky pretentious. So you know, pinky in the air, drinking a beer, right? right? And you even talked about it that there's been this. You know, uh, Anheuser Busch has had a field day grabbing that flaw out of the industry as a whole and exploiting it in commercials and things. But you know. I was a software developer once, and, and that's a big part of software development, too. You, you, there's folks that are really good experts. They're amazing at what they do. They write the best software in the world. But when you try to talk to them and tell them, right. this is the architecture we need, not the architecture you decided on, they're like, nope. Yeah, right. I'm the shit. You're not. That's what goes, right? And, and yeah. we see a lot of that in craft beer because, you know, look. We play around for fun, right? You've had this Bach, right? I'm not a brewer. I'm I'm the finance guy. I, I don't know if traditionalists would would on a BJCP put me in whatever the category number fourteen right. B or whatever it is. Right, right, right. So you know, burn me at the stake if I missed it. But the <laughs> and question some is, do you enjoy? Will be it? very happy to do so <laughs> because uh, it makes, Tony's, it makes Tony's a good person to comment on that with his, I, his ale bock for a few years. That, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and now we are we are a traditional lager with it. But <laughs> you are now, <laughs> but for for a uh, while you weren't. Right. And, I didn't have the, I didn't have the ability to do so. It I was made a, damn it, good at faking it. It made a lot of people <laughs> mad though. Like there there is a group of people yeah. that get mad about that. Yeah, and that's, but only because I was honest about it and let people know. Right. Otherwise, they never would have known. Tony, you got a great O face. <laughs> You know, it, it's it's just one of those things where it, it, there's there are so many people with so many opinions, uh, and that's great. It, it it does it does keep us on our toes. Uh, we we need to make sure that we're we're well, making quality products. Quality and, is paramount. It, opinions indeed. on quality are one thing. Yeah, but uh, opinions on what your beer should taste like. Well, this isn't directly to style, and I, I've said it. Year after year, I could give a damn about brewing to style guidelines, and I think you know Scott at, at Blank Slate was was a great example and a leader on the on that topic. You know, make something that well, and, and it says it on, on our glasses. If you come to our tap room, making a beer that we love and we'll share it with those that want it. Do you That's enjoy it? it. Yeah. Yep. There's there's something for everybody in, especially in a market like Cincinnati where sure. there's so much going on. There's something that you are going to love somewhere. Yeah. You're, every place isn't going to be your jam. And, and here's something I'm, I'm going to say, and, and I hope that the people that listen to this get get a grasp of this. I need to be better at it. I'm having a great time here today. I don't, and and based on what we do for a living, and our, I, I'm the head brewer, I'm the owner, I'm I'm busy at my brewery. I need to get out more and drink at other breweries. And, and I told yeah. Brian before the show, I'm just happy to be drinking beer somewhere else, right? Yeah. Because it, there's an experience that goes with it. Um, you, you get to you get to experience different flavors. You get to experience a different atmosphere, uh, different people. It, it's there's there's something about this this process that just makes you feel good when you go somewhere else and, and experience different things. You're going to find things you like, things you don't like, but in that process, it should be enjoyable. Well, and, and I'm lucky in a lot of ways because of what I do with the, the blog and the podcast, I'm, I'm forced to go to other places on a regular basis. I'm forced to once mm-hmm. a week, I'm going to a different tap room. Yeah. I understand that as a craft beer fan or a craft beer drinker, especially with kids at home and that kind of thing, it's probably easier just to go to your, your cheers. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah. Especially with kids. Anybody, anybody mm-hmm. that will ever listen to me, I think the best advice is, yeah, do that. 
spend most of your time at your tap room, but maybe one week in a month, go somewhere else. Go to a couple places, load up your family in your car, yep. and go in the afternoon and hit up a couple tap rooms, grab some food, grab some beers, try a place that you haven't been before. Like there's so many places that you can create these these other experiences and these other adventures that you get to go on. It's absolutely it's such a fun city to do that. Yes. <laughs> like there's there is so many different types of places. So I, I got in a conversation with a friend about <clears throat> the airline industry and how the bar has been set so low yeah. on customer service and quality and you know, we, baggage is lost and missed flights and delays you and just, cancellations. You just have to not crash, I think, is the Right, uh, the you just bar. have to not. It's the bars, yeah. you just have to not crash, right? And, <laughs> you know, people do light up airlines on social media and everything else for, for those mistakes, but, but not much is done about those things because the bar is set. Uh, you know, I'd encourage people that support Hyperlocal to chill out. And like Warp Wing says, you know, uh, share a pint, make a friend, yeah. right? Okay. Go out with the intention of trying out a place, make some friends. It is a social, historically, culturally, it's a social phenomenon Absolutely. to have so a beer. This and, and not worry about, oh, well, while I was there, I lost my baggage, I missed my flight, it was canceled. I mean, if you're not yeah. going to complain about that happening to you in the airline industry, okay, so you're too deep at the bar? And it took an extra five minutes. Fine, okay. Yeah. You know, right. uh, let us work through or, those those issues. Or I didn't like the way you dry hopped this IPA. <laughs> Sorry. This this <laughs> this last week I was up in Dayton for for some work stuff and was up there at lunchtime. I said I need to I need to stop somewhere and, and grab some lunch. And the only tap room that was near me that was open was Carillion. And I, I had heard some people kind of trash grilling for their beer and said yeah. it wasn't that great. And yeah, I, I need to stop and I need to go just check it out. And I was blown away. It's not, a whole different Not experience. necessarily because of the beer itself. If I had listened to the beer geeks, I probably wouldn't have ended up there. But, no. mm-hmm. my God, I had a blast. It was, it was so different than any other kind of drinking experience. It's experience, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a pretty and cool It's a pretty <laughs> cool really sight. Cool. Yeah, um, it really is. And so that's just another one of those things. Just get out of that, that normal, that comfort zone. Don't always listen to what your, your beer geek neighbor, whoever it is, tells you to do. Just go and just try something new, and there might be something there that. What I fear is that the the beer industry is going same along the lines as the food industry, Mm. which is, I asked for my steak to be medium, and it came a little medium rare, and I send it back. And I I get it. I get that you're you're a paying customer, and you are paying for a product, and you you want the value that you're paying for, but in a crafted industry. Yeah like an art or a craft or something that somebody is making out of their brain, out of their design. It's, it's less about whether the steak was done. Exactly. Right. And it's more about if you appreciate the art. Right. right. And, and even the big, the big guy, the bigger guys than us are suffering from this. And I hear it all the time. Um, you know, some of the local IPA staples that fly off the shelf in Cincinnati, they've been around since day one. Even those brands are under heat. This is boring. It's uninspired. It's and it, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. That, yeah, you guys are forgetting what made you fall in love with those brands right. from day one. That that basically launched the craft beer industry in a, a high volume. Sure, absolutely. For us, yeah. So so what if you find it boring now? That was an art and a craft, and it was meant for something. And that's and, and they're keeping consistency, and that's the way it's designed. If you're, if you're bored, well, fine, that's a, move that's on. That's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. If, if you're consistent, 
that's what a lot of people expect. Well, this right. is different now. It's not the same beer I'm used to. It's a little redder. Yeah. Or well, they oh, haven't no. they haven't done anything. <laughs> they haven't done anything with this beer. They haven't they haven't changed this at all. You know, like, well, what? You well, can't please everybody. I, that's for sure. For a while there, just like uh, maybe a month or two ago, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale was on on tap at, at Donald Jim's, yeah. the place where I do all my grocery shopping. Yeah. And there were a couple times I walked in and I'm looking through the tap and oh, that's funny that it's on. And I just went right past it to whatever the new thing was. Yeah. Stalwart beer. And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm grab I haven't had that in a while. My God, if it's not fun sometimes to go sure. back to some of those things too. So, you know, maybe. Hey, turns maybe out Cascade hops are okay. <laughs> some of these, this tastes pretty good. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> maybe. Maybe you're not going to grab truth or psychopathy or whatever that, that, that big kind of thing is that sits on a shelf that you look over every yeah. time. But every once in a while, like just, just for shits and giggles alone, just grab it. I guess I should sure. say there's there's children, but they're not listening. Speaker, but for shits and giggles. Wait a minute, I'm 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 tasting the 2018 crop of Cascade. <laughs> yeah, that right. was a bad year. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why would any brewery use that crop? Yeah, because it was cheap. <laughs> but I mean, just like, or they contracted for it and they bought it, so that's it. <laughs> just. Just it, at the end of the day, and I know it's it's very different when your livelihood depends on all of this falling in place, but it's still just beer. Like at the end of the day, Thank it's you. beer. It's and, supposed to be fun. And yes, yeah. there are a lot of people that dedicate every second of their lives to beer, and that that is the, that that deserves some kind of um, so I some think, kind of respect too. But it's I still think the beer. Next venture that you need to get into is do a Top Chef or a Chopped like show. <laughs> And just just let just get get a panel of judges and just let them just just kill whoever they're judging <laughs> and vote them off the show. <laughs> Make it a YouTube special. <laughs> that would would probably burn a few Still bridges it. around town. <laughs> we'll have Tony from Dogberry featured, Brian from Fig Leaf. Bring it on. We'll bring it. We we'll get the fretboard guys in here. We'll, we'll we'll get them all on. We'll we'll do a homebrew style. That would be fun. Chop competition. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. The, we can even wear chef. The the chef. <laughs> you have to the wear that. They have to have the, the hat chef, too. Chef, uh, yeah, the chef. Uh, you can all wear brewer's boots on on TV. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, we can we can have a really good show going here. We'll talk about it. Trademark <laughs> trademark 2019. <laughs> well. Guys, that's a show. Thank you very much. Oh, what, thank you. what what do you want people to know about anything that, that we arranged in all of our? I don't even. I can't even list out the topics that we hit on the show about Bach beer, about getting arrested, about uh, well, don't get arrested. Um, wine coolers and spritzers and fizzies and so the gnome. The gnome is a, is a guy that gets arrested and he likes his just once wine, wine spritzers just once. In, in the summer. Yeah, like a wine the, the, the advice from the show is drink what you like and don't end up in jail. That's right. That's, that's, yeah, that's probably the best way to put yeah. it. And <laughs> hey, seasonal stuff, come get it. Uh, you know, don't be afraid to try something different. And that's Good the thing too. Like even if you walk into a tap room that you're in a hundred times and you have your go-to and that's your thing, try something new and. Talk about it with people around yeah. you. That's the best part about tap rooms. And before, you, before you hit that stop button, I want to say thanks to you, the the gnome, and, and Brian for letting me crash this. I was just, yeah, here, just here to say hi. I have a couple of beers. And, yeah, I literally uh, tripped over you. I didn't even recognize yeah. you in your hat. So I, didn't, I didn't even know you were here. Yeah, so he's, I, he's in disguise. Yeah, so <laughs> come, Incognito. Come see these great folks up here at Fig Leaf. They're, um, they're doing thanks, good man. stuff. Come up to Butler County in general. If you're one of those people that kind of stays yeah. down in your Hamilton County world, get up to Butler County. There are some 
fun shit, stuff. It's not that far here. away. Come on, um, it really isn't. Like there's there is some really really exciting stuff happening. Going here, north so. on I seventy five is easy. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> um, we will be back next week. I know I said it last week, but my schedule and it never makes sense. But next week is Sam Adams, and I know that for a fact now because I checked right before I started the show. So um, listen next week, and we will um, probably drink a Boston Lager because I don't think we've ever drank it on the show. <laughs> but we'll also talk about all the fun taproom exclusive things they've got going on. And the new show starts soon, I promise. Uh, Drinking with an own. It will happen. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.